The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to, to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 44. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. What is up, Angela, Mike, Thomas, Andrew, and all you listeners out there? This is Daniel Logan. Yes, the one and only Fett from Attack of the Clones and the Clone Wars. And I just want to send you guys all a special special message to say, have a wonderful, wonderful May. And especially with Mr. May the 4th, but happiest Revenge of the 5th and an even better 2020 to you guys. I know it's a hard time for everyone, but thanks to the love of Star Wars and podcasts and things like these guys, we are able to get through them uh, somewhat saintly. So guys, thank you all for listening. And again, much love to Angela, Mike, Thomas, Andrew, and again, all you guys who are listening out there, much love, Bob himself. May the force be with you all. Hey, everybody. I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're, of course, listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Oh, and we, of course, have special cameo shout-outs from Star Wars actors. That's uh, <laughs> awesome. So, uh, so you, of course, heard Daniel Logan. Uh, he was on the docket to be uh, broadcasted on May the 4th. However, he missed it, as you heard, but he was in time for Revenge of the 5th. So, um, at this point, of course, we are a week out from that. So, pretty much happy Star Wars month to everybody yeah. listening. <laughs> oh, yeah. So today is a big day for us. We are discussing the finale of The Clone Wars by looking at episodes 11, Shattered, and episode 12, Victory and Death. And joining me on the panel today are first up, Andrew Hermes. How's it going, Father? It's, well, <laughs> I was telling Angela beforehand that I'm, I, I don't know if I'm tired or just emotional from these episodes, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Totally understandable. <laughs> so, um, of course, second up, then we have Angela Cialana. Yes, and I had nightmares last night, so <laughs> who knows if it was because of watching these episodes. But hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and third this evening, we have Thomas and Hero. Hello, everyone. No crazy, crazy, no, no uh, crazy stories for me. Okay, <laughs> okay no, perfect. <laughs> You'll be the the sane one out of <laughs> our right. panel tonight. Sounds good. <laughs> Um, but before we get into the Clone Wars, there's just a, a bit of uh, Star Wars news and tidbits that I just wanted to kind of throw out there, and, and we won't really uh, analyze these very much because there's really nothing to analyze. But first of all, there was an Instagram post from uh, Robert Rodriguez who shared a picture of him and Baby Yoda, and he revealed that he has had the opportunity to direct Baby Yoda himself. So all we know is that he is going to direct an episode in season two of The Mandalorian. Um, I know really nothing about him, so I have nothing more to say. Uh, makes sense. He's he's good friends with uh, John Favreau, so yeah. okay, yeah, big, it'll be big good to action, have him along. Action movie <laughs> guy, so yeah. it, I know it's going to be definitely a well. Let's let's hope that it's an action packed <laughs> adventure. 
Speaking of that, though, the the rumor rumor mill is going a bit crazy. Um, These were not officially confirmed by Star Wars, but pretty solid evidence is pointing to the fact that Tamara Morrison will be playing Boba Fett sometime in The Mandalorian Season 2. I also was just seeing, and I don't know if this is completely rumor or not, but the uh, Rex was being thrown out there as a possibility for him as well. Mm -hmm. And Sabine was also being thrown out as a rumor. The potential for a Rebel sequel is being thrown out there as a rumor. Um, I think that the key to all of that is get excited, but but don't (laughs) base your um, continued enjoyment of the Mandalorian on whether or not these things do indeed happen. It's it'll be great to see if it does, but they're not confirmed. I'm actually kind of I, I, I want the Mandalorian to succeed as the Mandalorian. And I'm I'm a little nervous, actually, about bringing in other characters like Boba Fett or, you know, mm-hmm. a big alternate names like this. I was a little bit nervous about Ahsoka, honestly, but she fits and I think it makes sense. Whereas, you know, start bringing in all of these other things and it's kind of like Star Wars is going to collapse on the Mandalorian. <laughs> That's a good point, because Boba Fett is a huge character that so many people know. And Ahsoka, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you have to be a little bit more Star Wars geeky to know who Ahsoka is. You know, so I think you have a good point. And well, hopefully, you know, I'm, I I trust in Dave Filoni, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it'll be definitely interesting to see how they tie it in without distracting too much. Yeah, I'm just happy if, if he is really playing Boba Fett that. He survived that really lame death. (laughs) I thought his, you know, even though his character is, it's interesting. His character is so popular and he has very little screen time, you know, in the, in the films. But, um, but yeah, that death is just so lame. Uh, so it'll be cool if there's a story behind how he survived. Um, I'm sure there will be if, if this is, if this all turns out to be true. There's a heavy, heavy hint in, um, Chuck Wendig's novel, Star Wars Aftermath that Boba Fett did indeed survive but it's it's just a heavily implied thing it's not there there's no there's no story to it um the other thing that I that I did hear about this was that um the 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 rumor is is that they would be in one of the episodes of the Mandalorian so I think Thomas to your point is is they might be in the Mandalorian but hopefully they're not going to be center stage right. they're just one part of of all eight episodes so the other random thing that I wanted to throw out there uh, before we got, got into the Clone Wars was we have been watching and enjoying uh, Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, uh, the mm-hmm. docu-series that's talking about The Mandalorian. And episode two was released last week. And if you haven't seen these docu-series, you should really watch them because they are incredibly fascinating and uh, insightful. And one of the things that I just wanted to bring up because we, we all thought this was really, really cool was Dave Filoni in the end of that second episode talks about uh, duel of the fates. Mm-hmm. And it was just a fascinating insight into tying not only episode one with, you know, uh, Qui-Gon and Anakin and, and Obi-Wan and Darth Maul, but, but tying that to the fate of Anakin, who is quote unquote, the, the fate that they are dueling about. And he made, he made the point that, that Qui-Gon uh, was fighting Darth Maul, not because it was, you know, this cool lightsaber scene, which it really was mm-hmm. when yeah. you, when you, you know, from a cinematic point of view, but it served more of a purpose than that. He was fighting because he knew um, that he was the father that Anakin needed and Qui-Gon was aware that Jedi are supposed to care and love, and that's not a bad thing. Um, and he was aware that the rest of the Jedi had become 
detached and lost their way. And so that whole fight is about the fate of, of Anakin. And um, when Qui-Gon loses that battle, he is no longer able to be that father figure for Anakin, which is a failure on Anakin. Um, Obi-Wan can't be that that person for him because he trains Anakin out of this promise to Qui-Gon. But he becomes sort of a brother figure, not a father figure. Mm-hmm. In episode two, Anakin loses his mother. And so Dave Filoni just points out that everything in the entire prequels hangs on that fight. Yeah. And when Anakin loses his father figure in Qui-Gon and his mother in episode two, it just sort of paves the way for his own vulnerability and to be manipulated by Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And, so, and ultimately he, he turns that into um, return of the Jedi and how he's, he's faced with the decision to be the father that he never had himself. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all that to say, go watch uh Disney gallery, the Mandalorian. And um, it, it, I really want to go watch back through the prequels and well, someday do a whole, a whole Skywalker saga watch through, but, but see it through that lens. Mm -hmm. So speaking of the uh, prequels and the Clone Wars, let's jump into the finale for the Clone Wars. And of course I will start with uh, just getting your guys's impressions of these final two episodes and what you guys thought. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) says it all <laughs> I, I mean it's just it, it was cinema it was it, it's really like this was way beyond a kid's cartoon just mm-hmm. it's so incredibly far beyond a kid's cartoon yeah um i'll echo that and you know like we talked about with the the two episodes uh before before this um you really see how they stand out in that again that cinematic sort of way and becoming more of an experience and and you know as a lot of critics and pundits are are labeling these episodes as some of the best star wars story that we've had period in in any uh, in any form i have to agree with that i mean to even though these it's still it's still animated and they still went short with the length we, we thought maybe they might have uh, maybe feloni would have pulled like a rebels and did like a 1 hour finale but he didn't but even in 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 these little short episodes there's still it still captures so much emotion mm-hmm. so much depth uh, buying these characters and adding depth to not only the characters we're familiar with, but obviously we'll we'll talk about the last the last shot and the last scene. Adding depth to to characters that are so steeped in Star Wars lore, uh, you know, as Darth Vader is. And props to again Filoni and and the whole team to 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 continue to uh, make these uh, characters relevant. And and even though as much as we talk about wanting to to see new stories, I mean these stories here still mean a lot to us, and it's good to uh, have things wrapped up. In, a, in, in my opinion, a pretty perfect way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, besides the the amazing shots and um, visuals, the you know the lighting really stood out to me this time. The music was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you know, besides all those things that we really kind of think of when we think of the movies, ultimately, what stood out to me was the way that this just enriched. The existing canon so much mm-hmm. uh, just these two episodes um really you know the the final um i guess clone wars slash uh, Re- revenge of the sith episode itself the four parts but these two parts in particular because they deal um with really just very limited number of characters um you know you're you look at the credits and it's like you know uh, Ashley Eckstein, Dee Bradley Baker, and you know, 
well, we have Maul in there too, mm-hmm. a little, you know, a little <laughs> bit. But yeah. I mean, really, you know. But he's got like what four lines, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but really, just the amount of emotion and um, oh, we have Mace Windu in there too, Yoda. But um, you know, it it all tied together um so well with like I said, the existing canon and then just the relationships that have been established over so long. And in the behind the scenes in the Clone Wars download, mm-hmm. Dave Filoni was talking about how, you know, he he tries to make these Clone Wars episodes very much like you just you come in and the, the way that George taught him was you come into the episode, you don't necessarily need to know a lot of backstory in order to appreciate mm-hmm. the episode. But he admitted that in these particular episodes, and especially in the last one, it really paid off um, for everybody who has invested so much time into the Clone Wars and to into Star Wars in general. Um, and I think for me as a Star Wars fan, you know, that's the the major thing that I took away from this is just feeling all of those feelings and and appreciating the depth and the richness of the story. Yeah, but I was I was yeah. even in that. I was amazed at how much he was able to establish that connection between Rex and Ahsoka in that tiny little fraction of a moment he had at the beginning of that last episode. Mm-hmm. So that you felt the really good bond between them right before the the Order 66 happened. And you didn't even need to watch the rest of Clone Wars to know how close these two characters were. True right before that happened and so that was I, I was i was wondering how they were going to play that off and they did such a fantastic job with that well it's at that point uh that she explicitly says that um the republic couldn't have asked for better soldiers nor i a better friend mm-hmm. and uh i you know and and it was <laughs> when i when i looked at the title of the episode shattered mm-hmm. i threw in parentheses after that i just put shattered my heart yeah. because like this whole <laughs> yeah. thing like at that point in the of the episode like you knew they have this incredible bond and ahsoka has just said you know i have never had a better friend than you and you know that when he goes to receive that transmission that you know that it's it's order 66 is coming mm-hmm. and so yeah my <laughs> it was you guys have all kind of hit on on my my view on it as well is that it was a lot more emotional um and very much more relational and one of the things that that I definitely noticed when I was uh watching these was when I watched Revenge of the Sith back uh when it was when it hit theaters all that I was really concerned about was the epic lightsaber battle between mm-hmm. Anakin and Obi-Wan because like yeah. that's as a, I guess as a as a high schooler like that was my focus I didn't I knew what order 66 was going to do and so I knew that the clones you know or I assumed that the there was going to be this shift I guess I probably didn't know about the clones in particular but I knew that the tables were going to get turned and I didn't care about the clones at all I just they were they were just you know what made an epic fight scene but what what the Clone Wars has done so phenomenally is it's it's gotten to show the humanity of the clones and made you care about them. And so to see that dynamic play between Rex and Ahsoka was was so deeply felt. Um, but then even seeing Rex play off of seeing his brothers mm-hmm. turn and then not being able to do anything about it was was just way, way, way more impactful and emotional. And um even uh, earlier today, I was I was playing some of Revenge of the Sith in sync with with uh, the clone or with these episodes. And 
oh my gosh, it changes everything that I've felt about Revenge mm-hmm. of the Sith and the, that Order 66 montage of scenes. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a Shakespearean tragedy. Yeah. yeah, I kept, yeah. I kept yeah. shouting at my TV, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we'll just we'll just jump into the into the recap uh, because there's still a, just a, a ton of stuff to, to talk about. Um, and so episode 11, Shattered, starts off with just kind of the aftermath of, of this battle on Mandalore and uh, Gar Saxon is led away and Maul is captured and bound and and Bo-Katan and Ahsoka have kind of a cool little moment there where Bo-Katan is, is telling Ahsoka that she was, wishes she was good at something other than war. And Ahsoka subtly suggests to Bo-Katan that she could be the new kind of leader that, that Mandalore needs. Um, and wasn't too much else there because they are interrupted by, uh, by Rex, I think, uh, telling Ahsoka that the Jedi Council is waiting on a Zoom call for her. <laughs> <laughs> the hollow transmission coming from uh, Coruscant. But this was this was really interesting because we we then get to that scene of the 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 hollow transmission and the Counselor discussing removing Chancellor Palpatine from from office. And this is an exact remake of the mm-hmm. scene from Revenge of mm-hmm. the Sith. Mm-hmm. Which I, I did not it. realize until I until I had gone back to to look at that. Which of course Revenge of the Sith cuts out right at the end and we don't see what happens with you know, here's what happened with Ahsoka next. Right. That wasn't in the movie. My mouth was wide open watching it. I was just like I I think it was like um Yoda's uh line at the end that really solidified it because I remembered that line in particular. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, just watching it, I just, I was just aghast at the attention to detail and, and just the fact that we were able to see the other side of this transmission. And, um, yeah, it, it just, it, it made everything feel bigger. It made the, the, the galaxy feel bigger, the story feel bigger. Um, yeah, the layers. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And you got you felt like you were being dropped in the middle of the movie, which was so cool. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. one of those things where it's like if suddenly you were just like, oh, wait, I'm actually an extra in this movie. That's kind of what it felt like. <laughs> where you're like, wow, I'm really there. Yay. <laughs> and the movie actually shows uh, Anakin is there for that part of the meeting. And then he is sent off by by Master Windu mm-hmm. right before Ahsoka is able to kind of join mm-hmm. the call, mm-hmm. uh, which you know, I have no reason to, to think that they were lying, but it was nice to see all of that just play into one another. Mm-hmm. So Ahsoka does join the conversation and she informs the council that she was successful in taking Maul into custody and plans to escort Maul with Rex back to Coruscant. Um, she <laughs> points out to the council that that she did it as a citizen, not a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of comes back to... to to bite her when uh, the, the council then refuses to share anything more with Ahsoka because she's not a Jedi. Um, she says not yet. So that was interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The response yeah. to is like, she's still, uh, you know, going back and forth. Um, and then of course she's not able to talk to Anakin who she really wanted to talk to because he's headed off to inform the chancellor that Grievous has been found. And Obi-Wan is not there because he's engaged Grievous in battle. And uh, everybody leaves the call except for Yoda, and he senses Ahsoka has more to say, but uh, Ahsoka decides not to say anything. And it was pointed out uh, 
some some commenter online pointed out that that this was like a real pivotal moment because Ahsoka had the opportunity to share um, not only what she wanted to say to Anakin, whatever that was, but she had an opportunity here to tell Yoda or the council what Maul had seen in his visions regarding mm-hmm. Anakin. And she chose not to. It's interesting, though, what what would have happened had she shared that with Yoda, who's always very careful about first off taking his visions or or having people take their own visions but then to have maul's visions you know <laughs> kind of i i think i think that was a very weighted a, a weighed decision on her part where she was like i don't really know that this is i don't think this is really going to go anywhere even if i do share it so i'm just gonna let it slide <laughs> it could have also backfired too if yeah. she would have shared it and they would have like tried to just shut anakin down that could have caused anakin to yeah. to spiral out of control yeah. too yeah, I think she was just so confident that she was going to get a chance to see him again. Like she mentions, mm-hmm. you know, I'll tell him when I see him. So I think that was a big part of it, too, is she would rather be face to face. And so so Anakin could really feel where she's coming from and to try and uh, talk him out of whatever he was about to do, whether she fully believed it at that point or not. And that just adds to the tragedy of the whole thing, mm-hmm. because she keeps assuming she's going to talk to Anakin again. Yeah. And she doesn't. So Maul is brought on board uh, a shuttle uh, in a device that is able to restrain Jedi, which I thought that was quite quite an interesting thing. Um, it looked to me like almost a, a precursor to uh, what we see like the Mandalorian doing, um, mm-hmm. containing bounties in, in carbonite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but this was this was something that apparently had uh, Jedi suppressing technology, and it was. Uh, a relic of a gone by era and um, Duchess Satine had outlawed it, but this was the only one left, but it was able to restrain Maul. I'm going to put heavy quotes on that only one left thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Bo. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that, that sort of red sort of force field was basically looked like the same from Phantom Menace mm-hmm. during that battle. Uh, that mm. red force field just reminded me of, of that where, you know, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon were, were trapped and waiting for them to open up. There was, I, I, I should have just tried to make a tally of them, but there was so many connections to the various movies mm-hmm. uh, in both of these episodes, just in so many subtle and varied ways. And, and it was just uh, really, really, really interesting how they kind of played all that off. Um, one of the things that I noted at this point, and I'm sure we'll probably talk about it later too, was... The music. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, Angela, yeah. you had mentioned that earlier, but I even wrote it in my notes that the music is, at this point, it was just so incredibly somber and tense. And it, it was very similar to the music um, at this point in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I was kind of listening to some of that, to some of the soundtracks today, and, and they're very much in parallel and tense and somber and added a ton of depth to that emotional weight when it's uh, it was interesting uh, mike, mike mentioned this out outside of the uh, conversation but i something that i noticed as well uh, it felt very very much like a uh, vangelis uh you know soundtrack where it yeah. had this uh blade runner kind of feel to it very deep mm-hmm. sweeping uh pulls you in mm-hmm. and makes you feel like the world is much bigger than just this small little chunk of it that you're seeing at the moment and that was that played to the story really well because of the, the, because the story was like one small piece of such a m- big arc that was finally coming to a head. And, um, it, you know, the, the music 
felt completely different than anything else you felt in, in the Clone Wars. And my kids all noticed yep. that too. They were like, wow, this is like really weird music for this part. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. You guys are keeping up with this. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. With Star Wars, it's, it's usually uh, orchestral music mm -hmm. and then, you know, adding the synths in there, like you mentioned, like, like the Blade Runner influences and stuff like that. And, and Mandalorian inc has incorporated that in, in, in the score for that show as well. Um, yeah, it's totally, totally different than anything John Williams has done before and um, any other composer. So it, it did feel a, a little not Star Warsy, but it felt very, very relevant to, uh, to everything that was going on, you know, and, and, and it was great. It was it was awesome. Well, when you combine that with um, the pacing of the episode at this point, it's very deliberate. And it reminded mm -hmm. me of like Jaws or mm -hmm. like some other thriller it's even you have like the lighting, as I mentioned, and then but also um, when Maul's in that container, you just see his eyes and his eyes are darting around. Mm -hmm. It's like he's waiting for for the monster, you know, like in a monster movie. Um, and so, you know, as this pacing is very deliberate, you know, you're you're getting a lot of shots of people just walking, you know, from one place to another. And typically, of course, you don't because there's so much to, to cover. Um it it adds to that feeling of there's something coming, there's something awful coming. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you, you see them in hyperspace, which is something that you very rarely see in the Star Wars universe. You know, they're like standing on the bridge and there's all the hyperspace stuff flying by. And it's like, wow, that's a long time. This is a long shot in a transition space right here. And I would just like to 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 put a plug for uh listen listen to the music. Like mm -hmm. um, you know, I think often when we watch a movie or a TV show or something, we, we sort of forget the, the amount that that music does indeed add mm. to, to a, a movie or a, a cinematic experience. Um, so I just, I've, yeah, I would throw that out there and, and this was incredibly well done. So, um, but yeah, Thomas, like, like you said, they were, they were on the bridge. Um, and that, that's where we have this real tender moment between Ahsoka and Rex um, you know, the, the world or the, the universe is kind of flying by in hyperspace, but, but on that ship, things are this tense, slow build. Um, and, uh, Ahsoka and Rex are having this discussion about, um, Ahsoka makes a comment that she says, as Jedi, we're trained to be keepers of the peace, not soldiers, but as a Padawan, that's all she's ever known is to be a soldier. And Rex makes the comment that without the war, the clones wouldn't exist. And at which point was it was really cool. Ahsoka points out, well, then perhaps some good has come from all of it. Mm. And so so again, they, they continue to point out the the goodness of the clones, the, the humanity of them. And you're you know, you're you're feeling for them. They're not just they're not just automatons. And it's at that point that she tells Rex she couldn't have asked for a better friend. And they salute each other. And yeah, my heart was 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 breaking because I knew what was coming. Rex is is then informed of a communication briefing that's come in and uh, a kind of almost reverse foreshadowing. Ahsoka says, I'm sure that it's more good news. Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the moment you've been yeah. waiting for the whole the whole yeah. series yeah. like if, if you're a star wars fan you know like oh i mean it's great that they're building this relationship with the clones but that's kind of the problem right that's that's the <laughs> whole issue here and so you've been waiting yeah. for it waiting for it waiting for it. finally it comes and you're just like oh don't <laughs> this is no don't do this <laughs> but man does it make order 66 actually 
you know, emotionally impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's at that moment that that Maul and Ahsoka both sense that that confrontation between Mace Windu, uh, Darth Sidious, and Anakin, and we see Rex receiving the command from Sidious to execute Order sixty six, which was mind blowing to see him yeah. say Lord Sidious. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, Rex, what you knew? <laughs> like, what? What is this? Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I I chalk it all up to the to the implant. Yeah, that, you know, he, right. just, he knew it because of that, not because, you know, of any any other any other reason. I know it's just it's just creepy seeing him yeah. call him Lord and then mm-hmm. by his mm-hmm. Sith name. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know. It just really mm-hmm. hit me. But we also see the intense struggle that Rex goes through right right in that moment, which was so beautiful and tragic um, yeah. because Ahsoka runs up to him and she senses that something's wrong. Um, and Rex says, I'll do it, and points the guns at Ahsoka. But this is the first of two times where you can see that he's crying. And his hands um, are and, shaking like crazy, too. Yeah. yeah. The whole time that, yeah. that he's fighting it. And, ah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. D. Bradley Baker, man. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Um, I was, what one commenter was pointing out that, that perhaps the reason that Rex struggled with it and the other clones didn't um, was because Rex was aware of the implant and the potential other uses of it, and the other clones were not even necessarily aware of the chip mm-hmm. in their own heads. So it's, I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, yeah. rationale because because Rex has obviously even been aware of it and and kind of been struggling with it himself. So he is resisting shooting Ahsoka, um, and he manages to tell her to find fives. Uh, before succumbing to the implant and shooting at her. Actually, just um, just make it more sad. <laughs> yeah. <You know>? right. <laughs> Fine fives. Like, come on. <laughs> I put in here another music cue. The music change here was super intense mm-hmm. and um, very, very good. Uh, and and for me, it immediately brought me to um, the, the the montage of scenes from Revenge of the Sith. Because you know that they're all happening right at the same time and that this is happening. It's the same piece of music, Anakin's Dark Mm -hmm. Deeds. Mm -hmm. So Ahsoka defends herself and she manages to escape uh, to an upper deck. Which was the most awesome scene because she sat there and deflected all of their blaster bolts, not back at them, but into Mm -hmm. the ceiling so that she could leave. Which just tells you so much about her character and the the split second decision to make to say, I am not going to kill any of them. And it doesn't matter how much she was being attacked, how she knew every single one of these guys was capable of doing some serious damage to her if she made a single mistake. And instead of choosing to to fight back, she chose, uh, I'm going to figure this out and made that decision so, so rapidly. It was amazing. Well, to me, it um, reminded me of Yoda always saying, you know, remember your training Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's what Ahsoka was really ultimately doing. She's been doing a lot of reflection on what is a Jedi, how she was trained, how she's been living, what people think of the Jedi, what is their role, what is her role, mm-hmm. and what is her identity. And ultimately, I think she remembered her training, and she mm-hmm. remembered what a Jedi is supposed to be, mm-hmm. and that was why her mantra through these two episodes was, I'm not going to kill anybody. Mm-hmm. 
I just had a thought I was going to throw in there. Oh, uh, yeah, I was going to point out that that in in all of that, it's 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 really awesome because she's honing in on on what it truly means to be a Jedi, where all the other Jedi have sort of fallen into probably fallen into using the clones as means to an end mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. as ends in and of themselves. So we've got to, you know, again, pointing out the, the inherent goodness, even in the clones and that they their lives should be protected and not just used. Um, and, uh, and I also thought it was really interesting. I, uh, I, 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 I don't know if this is accurate or not, but she was one that I've noticed that tends to know the names of the various clone mm-hmm. troopers. So even in, in the, one of the first two episodes, um, it might be, I, I one of the first two of the, of the finale when she's down in the sewers, like she knows the name of that clone that mm-hmm. she's going to go talk to. Mm-hmm. So she, she is recognizing the, 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 the goodness of each individual clone, not just, you know, Rex or the, the, the commanders. Well, even the droids that help her mm-hmm. out too. Mm-hmm. She knows their names too. <laughs> yep. Which was also pointed out that that's, that's, uh, ironic, uh, because you know the Clone Wars was all about the the clones versus the droids, the the battle droids, and mm. you know, and and really, Ahsoka now is using droids to, anyways, you know, it's <laughs> sort of it all comes around, <laughs> it's all a circle at Star Wars. Yeah. So Rex orders his men to go execute Maul um, and search for Ahsoka because both of them have been uh, marked for termination. Uh, by reason of treason against the Republic. And any clones disobeying will also be marked as traitors and executed. So we move forward to to Maul, and two clones go to execute him, and Maul is saved by Ahsoka. Again, she just disables the the clone troopers. Uh, She cuts through one one of the weapons, but ultimately just knocks them both out. And she tells Maul or she she wonders if it, if this was all Maul's doing and Maul denies it but is able to put the pieces together that this was Sidious Sidious's plan all along was to turn uh, the Jedi's own army against them and we had I thought this was a a, a fun scene between the two of them Maul just assumes that Ahsoka has come to him <laughs> for help right <laughs> little 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 bit of pride there um <laughs> and Ahsoka tells him that nope, uh, she only just wants a distraction or a diversion. Mm-hmm. And she says, Go cause some chaos. It's what you're good at. <laughs> Which was an awesome yeah. line. I like how he asked, he give me a fighting chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she tells him that she's not rooting for him. So yeah, uh, tells him to just get going. I it, it plays so much into his into the tragic figure that he is too, because like <laughs> I, I was reading this article that was that was talking about him as the anti-hero where uh, you know, as soon as he meets his his uh, fate in the, at the end of Phantom Menace, um, he comes back and starts to realize that something really big is wrong, and he starts to work against that. And you can look at him as just having a crime syndicate, but at the same time, you can look at him as as fostering the rebellion against the empire before the empire was a thing, right? So he he starts he he doesn't pick a side. He's the, he's one of the very few characters that does not pick a side in the Clone Wars, but is fighting against all of them because he knows they're all bad. He knows the whole thing is bad, and he just doesn't have. He's not equipped to do it in an, in any better way because he was raised a Sith. Like from the very beginning, he was a Sith, and he's been a Sith all the way through. So he doesn't know any better. He's just doing, mm-hmm. you know, he's dealing the, the hand that he's uh, playing the hand that he's been dealt, which is kind of what Ahsoka's big problem is, is that the hand that she's been dealt is to be this warrior 
Jedi that's been taught to do peace, but has always been encouraged to be a warrior. And so now she's trying to to struggle against that, where he's just fully embraced his chaos. She's kind of trying to balance herself out. And so that moment with the two of them is just brilliant because now she's like, nah, I, we're not working together. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> don't don't get don't get the wrong impression here. I need you to go and cause chaos. And if you die in the process, eh, that's probably not a bad thing, no. actually. <laughs> It was uh, also heartbreaking for me at that moment. Uh, it, it kind of we see this montage of of some of the clones going to search for Ahsoka, mm-hmm. um, but they're all still wearing their Ahsoka painted helmets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that got me too. It adds to yeah. the tragedy, mm-hmm. especially when um, just when when they painted the helmets, there was all all the talk of how you know loyalty is is paramount to them, and um, so yeah. More more tragedy. These were not happy episodes. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Rex uh, then orders the clones to destroy the escape pods um, and, and increase security at the hangar in order to, to capture them. And Ahsoka forms a plan where she then goes off and finds uh, those three astromech droids who are very happy to help her. And uh, the R7 is able to bring up the, the files on, on fives for Ahsoka. At which point Ahsoka finally realizes that uh, she sees this this file in a a Kaminoian, I'm probably mispronouncing that, Kaminoian, there we go, Uh, uh, is talking about how Fives experienced a malfunction in his inhibitor chip, and a grievance report was filed by Rex, but the file was sealed, and so Ahsoka tries to use Anakin's passcode, which is 8108, and that opens the file. Uh, did you guys catch what that might be a reference to? Oh, I'm intrigued now. I was wondering yeah. at the time, but I hadn't looked it so, up yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know I if this it. isn't if if this was legit or anything, but it's what a lot of people online have come up with. But it could be a reference to the Clone Wars movie theatrical release date in the United States, which was August 10th of 2008. So eight, uh, ten, mm. and then eight. I bet you that's it. I don't know. A day we it, don't want to remember. Kind of fits. <laughs> uh, so in this sealed file, Rex shares uh, that he believes that there's a possibility that these organic inhibitor chips could be uh, have could be used for a purpose that they didn't fully understand. And so Ahsoka kind of puts the pieces together that these chips are um, the reason for this this drastic change in the clones. We then have this really intense scene of Maul fighting his way through the corridors, um, where he's using no weapons but he uses the force to throw the clones against the walls he pulls doors and levitates them as shields and then he fires those at as weapons against the clones he's so impressive without a lightsaber <laughs> i mean right <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's oh like you gosh, know, it awesome. it's funny because angela before you mentioned that his his eyes were darting around looking for the monster and now suddenly the monster is out and he is yeah. just mm. stalking the halls finding mm. guys to throw around and and just totally destroy <laughs> And to me, it felt very reminiscent of Darth Vader at the end of Rogue mm-hmm. One. Yeah. Where you were just terrified yeah. of this of this dark force user. And someone loses a limb because of him. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. Um, Star Wars, <laughs> check the box. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yep. Uh, I also put in there that I, the, the way that he lost his arm was actually very uh, reflective of the Mandalorian in the mm-hmm. very first episode at the, mm-hmm. the very first scene where right. he gets his arm caught in the door. Yep. But 
Yeah. It's not Star Wars unless someone loses an arm. <laughs> but that also served a purpose because Maul steals the comlink from the arm that he severed. Yeah. Yes. Which was a great storytelling device because we were seeing what the plan was and we were seeing mm -hmm. that Maul could hear what was going on without mm -hmm. us actually seeing everybody, you know, say the plans. You could kind of, it was part of the action. Yeah. I thought that was mm -hmm. brilliant storytelling. This is reminding yeah. me of a video that just came out a few days ago of uh, the Guinness Book of World, World Records, the the guy who has the most Star Wars collectibles. It's a guy that uh, he named his like whatever his house uh, or wherever he houses his collectibles, Rancho Obi-Wan. And one of yeah. one yeah, if you watch the video, one of one of the things that he has is is the severed limb series. Is this a bunch of figures <laughs> of all the severed limbs nice. <laughs> throughout Star Wars? I think it was a fan-made thing. I don't think it's an actual toy made by a manufacturer, but because uh, he has he has a lot of fan made stuff, but um, I just that just reminded me of that. It was hilarious. He can add another one to his collection. There you <laughs> go. Exactly. Uh, so meanwhile, while Maul is doing all of this, Ahsoka and the droids are going after Rex, and they manage to to trap him and close the blast doors around him. And uh, via a hologram, Ahsoka tries to tell Rex she thinks she knows what's going on, and that she knows that he was programmed to do this, and Rex really isn't swayed by any of that uh, reason. And she kind of appears behind him and then the droids immediately shock him and knock him out. And quickly they, they drag him off into the medical bay. And then in the medical bay, they uh, are, they um, Ahsoka has um, one of the droids run scans to find that inhibitor chip and they are unsuccessful. And it took me a little bit to, to, I think reason why that was so, um, and I think the least in my mind, well, how I how I managed to 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 get around that was it was uh, in one of the earlier episodes with fives. I think it was revealed that it was an organic mm -hmm. inhibitor chip, not just a a mechanical device. Right. So that that was going to play with some of the sensors, and so they scan, can't find it, and the clones, of course, are trying to break in and and. Ahsoka then uses the force and she, she holds Rex's head and chants, I'm one with the force, force and the force is with me. <laughs> yep. And then he yep. starts a, chanting it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It, it, yep. Great moment. <laughs> Just, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, and so uh, clear connection to, to Rogue One mm -hmm. there, uh, the chant that this, this was a particular chant that was said by members of the Guardian of the Wills who protected the, the temple of the Kyber in Jeddah City on Jeddah. Um, and so it was it was spoken in times when spiritual guidance of the force was needed. And so that's where we see in Rogue One Chirut uh, reciting that uh, fairly frequently. And I just wanted to point out that this reminded me very clearly of of the Jesus prayer. Uh, are you guys familiar with the Jesus prayer? Mm -hmm. Just a, a simple uh, mantra uh, words, Lord Jesus Christ, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. But it's often repeated um, and it's often it's more of a tradition in, in uh, the Eastern Catholic world rather than um, us, us Latin Catholics. But um, that phrase was often repeated as a way to help with with meditation um, by clearing up the mind and the heart uh, to to kind of achieve that unceasing prayer state that St. Paul talks mm -hmm. about. So. I just kind of well, I I found that connection to be to be interesting, um, but that force chant uh, worked, and uh, the inhibitor chip is discovered, and so Ahsoka immediately has the droids take him into surgery to remove remove the chip, and the result of that particular episode, the clones open the door, and Ahsoka starts to defend herself, uh, but begins to get overwhelmed, and Rex 
that was a really quick surgery. I know. But I was about Rex, to say. <laughs> Rex is able to uh, uh, get back into his own head and uh, shoot some of the clones, and Gigi is able to reseal the door. And he tells Ahsoka that this is something that's affecting the entire Grand Army of the Republic and mm-hmm. that all of them are, are ordered to hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights. And the episode then ends with the troopers trying again to break back into the med bay door. We had some debate in our house about how the surgery was so quick. So we were thinking, you know, like, <laughs> like laser, like targeted laser surgery. They just like <laughs> blast it with lasers and, and there you go, zapped. But <laughs> there was there was some discussion before we went on to the second episode. They're like, how, how did that happen so fast? Was <laughs> I mean, he even he even has like a, a bandage too or some yeah, sort of yeah. a, a skin mold or something. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, quite this quite efficient the, droids. This is the world of back to tanks, guys. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Suspension of of belief and yeah. all of that. Uh, anything other random that you wanted to throw in about the first episode before we move to the next? Okay, so we come then to the finale: victory and death. Um, appropriately termed. So, what what did you think that this? these words referred to victory and death because for me initially i was thinking the emperor's victory and mm. ahsoka's death to her past hmm. interesting okay i was i was in, uh, interpreting it as rex and ahsoka's victory in escaping but then also with ahsoka faking more or less her own death yeah that's kind that's, of where i went with it as well me too <laughs> But actually, Angela, I think you have multiple a very meanings. solid. Multiple yeah. meanings. I think they've been very good about that with all of these, uh, with all yep. the ways they're titling these last few episodes. So this episode, of course, picks up right after uh, the the last episode ended, and they are uh, Rex and Ahsoka are in the med bay, and it's at that point that Ahsoka tells Rex to set his guns to stun, and uh, that she has an idea on how to escape, and so Ahsoka and a Ahsoka and Rex escape the med bay and he is shooting them with stun bolts and they are able to uh, head toward the hangar bay um, because they uh, they realize that the droids tell him, I think, that that all the escape pods have been destroyed. So the hangar bay is their their clear path to to escape. Um, and Rex <laughs> realizes that Maul is loose and Ahsoka has to tell him that she let him out as a diversion. That was a comedic <laughs> and, moment, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which speaking of Maul, we, we jump to him as he goes into the hyperdrive room and just attacks and destroys the clones in there. And he uses the force to pull down the hyperdrive generators. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Intense. He's amazingly powerful. Like this is (laughs) over the top, incredibly powerful. But I, I think he's, I think, I I think one of the things you have to remember, and and this is one of those things that, um, I, I think the newer movies capitalize on without fully exploring is the fact that there's kind of a pool of the force and the way that it moves. And so as soon as this moment initializes, as soon as order 66 starts and um, Sidious uh, makes his play, it's like all of the momentum from the force kind of moves into the dark side. And so Mm. immediately anyone who's using the dark side of the force is going to become more powerful. And that's a, an incredible narrative tool if you set it up right. But if you don't, then it just looks like, like, wait a minute, yeah. how did this person become so much more powerful than they 
than they were like 10 seconds ago, you know? And, um, and this one plays it well because it's, you know, Sidious has been, or Maul has been building up the, the, the seriousness of what's going on and, and then how he's stunned that everything's happening and how he's feeling things are, are moving. And then we get that moment where, um, Ahsoka kind of feels everything start to change. Uh, and she, so all of the Jedi are dying and she feels that, uh, that happen. And so you, you feel that the force is actually imbalanced all around them. And, and that, that's what makes this, you know, it makes a payoff here of like, of Maul being so incredibly powerful, able to just like rend pieces of the ship down. Uh, it makes sense because of that kind of imbalance that's been happening to the force generally. But it also helps uh, to understand like why Ahsoka wasn't able to pull Maul down when he was in the shuttle mm -hmm. trying to mm -hmm. leave. Yeah. So if, if yeah. she's, if she's on the, the, the short end of the stick. Right. Um, you know, but yeah, incredible scene there where he pulls these, these hyperspace, uh, generators down and, uh, the, the, the ship, the Republic ship is, is ripped from hyperspace, um, which was a really cool scene. I, my yeah. first thought was like, it was a, it was a time freeze sort of thing because mm -hmm. you see all the dust and the debris and then you realize it's, it's, it is dust and debris and, and it just, it just looked really, um, again, kind of tragically cool. Mm -hmm. right. Um, they're they're ripped out of hyperspace uh, right next to a planet with a moon, and Ahsoka and Rex at this point make it into the hangar bay control room, and all the while Maul is listening to the comm link that he stole, and and he and the clones suspect that uh, Rex and Ahsoka are heading to the hangar bay, and so you know that Maul is is on his way there as well, and Rex and Ahsoka discover that the hyperdrive has been destroyed, and they open the hangar bay doors to reveal the the moon that's pulling them down so you know just add just a little bit more intensity to the whole situation <laughs> right we also had a discussion at this point in my house where the trolley problem came up uh so <laughs> this is this is the kind of stuff that happens when you have very philosophical kids and they're all asking <laughs> well at this point since they're all going to die why does she bother trying to save any of them <laughs> and so then we talked about moral responsibility and whether or not mm -hmm. she's directly responsible for their deaths or if it's just an unavoidable uh, circumstance at this point whether or not and then they're all like yeah but she let Maul loose so <laughs> they're just like ah oh. <laughs> yes you're right I mean <laughs> She did kind of set this whole thing up. I, it wasn't. You her could almost call that material cooperation with evil, right? It's yeah. like it's. It was this very interesting discussion that we were having about uh, about her responsibility to the lives of all these clones, despite her trying her best not to kill them, and whether yeah. or not. She, so I don't know. Sign kind of sidetracked there, but uh, it was it was an interesting discussion no. in my house. <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking the same thing. I mean, <laughs> along with your kids, like when like what we just mentioned earlier, like she was telling Rex to set phasers to to stun. I'm like, well, Maul isn't stunning anyone, like, <laughs> so, <laughs> and you're the yeah. one, like you said, let, that let him loose. So it's like, yeah, I guess she's uh, I don't know, trying to uh, make up for any uh, I don't know sins or whatever or any guilt that she's carrying for making that decision. It's like, oh, maybe I could clean this up. But obviously, uh, she failed at that, at that, in that, in that aspect, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's at that point that Ahsoka and Rex are having almost that same, uh, exact discussion and, and Ahsoka tells Rex that, uh, they, the clones may be willing to die to prevent Ahsoka and Rex from escaping. But, but Ahsoka says that I am not going to be the one who is going to kill them. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, so she's making the distinction that they may die, but she's not going to be the one directly responsible for it, even though, you know, she let Maul loose and, mm -hmm. and all of that. She's, 
not not quite factoring that into her uh moral <laughs> yeah. equation. Well, this was my favorite moment of the whole arc, I think. <clears throat> and I I interpreted it, yes, I mean you guys have have good points. Um but at the same time I kind of interpreted it as her uh living out the concept of turning the other cheek mm. because um you know, she was still standing her ground and she was still defending herself and Rex and she was still doing what she thought was right. Um, so she, you know, it was basically, yeah, I guess it, it's a little bit more um, complicated because the clones are really not able to think for themselves. But yeah. if they were, I think it would be primary example of turning the other cheek where she um yeah she's basically the concept of turning the other cheek is often seen as like the sort of weakling thing to do like mm. okay hit me again but in reality what i've come to learn and appreciate about that teaching is that it's about um about standing your ground and then sort of inviting the other person to be bad again mm -hmm. and um so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it it just reminded me of that lesson. Maybe now that I'm I'm talking it out that it's not quite the best example. <laughs> but uh yeah. But but it also is the the whole um, you know, if you hurt me regardless of your own motivation, I'm not going to retaliate in mm -hmm. revenge and hurt you back. Or mm -hmm. and and it goes back to that what we were saying earlier is that that she is not willing to kill them directly in order to help her and Rex escape. Mm -hmm. So she's not going to do evil, um, use the clones as a means to an end right. to help them escape. And, and I think that's yeah. the juxtaposition you see there is with between her and Maul, where Maul is is just wantonly killing them destroying them any way he can because he wants to get off he wants to get off the ship he does not want to go back yep. to coruscant he wants to be out of there and so he doesn't care he's going to kill everyone on the ship and he's going to find a way off and that's his that's his way whereas with ahsoka it's more i want to get off and i know they're going to try and stop me but i don't want to hurt them in that process i want to try and get off without mm -hmm. killing them if possible yeah and as you see rex saying that they're willing to die and and all that sort of stuff. She, that moment where she removes his helmet and, and you see like, yeah, you know, Rex saying these words, but you, his, his facial expression says more, you know, he's more on her side of this. He, of course, he'd rather not kill them. They're his, his brothers and he doesn't want to have to kill them. And so mm -hmm. you kind of, you kind of see how Ahsoka's uh, approach kind of shows how like she's, she's really helping Rex see her side of it by revealing his true emotions. Um, because he's behind that mask, he can, he can be as bold and uh, as much of a leader or, or as strategic as possible. But behind that mask, she reveals like his heart. And, I, and it was super important to, to do that because you see um, that's the second time that you see him crying um, right. in this episode or in, in these episodes. Uh, but it also shows the amazing trust and vulnerability that he is willing to have with Ahsoka. And that just speaks to the depth of their friendship and that, you know, that kind of vulnerability doesn't make him, you know, less of a man or less of a clone or less of a commander or captain or whatever. But it actually just reveals how much more human he is, uh, which is which is super important. And, and I think that's one of the, the key points of the entire Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. 
was to harp on that um the clone's humanity uh which was which was really cool rex and ahsoka come up with this plan to to get them closer to the shuttle without uh having to kill any of the the clone troopers and so rex comes out pretending to hold ahsoka prisoner and he tries to get uh jesse talking because the the droids are are you know um the the man behind the curtain in the wizard of oz are, they're off doing their own thing to try to um help the situation and he tries to use reason on Jesse by saying Ahsoka isn't really a Jedi and hasn't been for some time. Jesse is not at all being moved by it and declares that Rex himself is now in violation of Order 66. And this was interesting and funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will be demoted and then subject to execution along with Ahsoka. <laughs> Why does he need to be demoted in order to be executed? But, you know, <laughs> so he's, he's no longer commander. He's he's back back down to captain. Um, and a, and a kind of the throwaway line that he said was, uh, yeah, I didn't much like being a commander anyway. <laughs> and that for me immediately uh, echoed uh, in a similar way. Han Solo, when they did right. the prisoner gag in, in episode four, where, you know, boring conversation anyway, yeah. just, you know, <laughs> get on with Luke, it. We got company. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so the droids at that point, thankfully, have have done their job and they they drop the floor out from under uh, a good chunk of the clones. And Ahsoka and Rex uh, begin to, to to fight their way to the to the shuttle. At which point, of course, Maul arrives and and is able to to push Ahsoka back, and he manages to get to the shuttle first. And Maul jumps in the, the the shuttle and starts to escape, and we see Ahsoka try to use oh my the force gosh. to stop Maul from leaving. Incredibly strong yeah. force user, too. And that's I think that's the thing here is that the only reason that the two of them are not perfectly evenly matched at this point is because of that that wave in the force that I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Because you really do mm-hmm. see it when they have the fight on, um, or when they have the fight in the last couple of episodes that that. They are evenly matched. There's no there. There would be yeah, no yeah. reason for her to be his apprentice, uh, other than just well, and, his and assumption. Ahsoka defeating right. him, yeah. And that's and that's. I mean, that's what really what it really comes down to is that the two of them are very and to and watching her struggle to hold on to that ship. I was just like, oh, this is incredible. Such a great <sighs> power use of the force. Here. Um, just to point out that 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 same that same force technique is seen in in the Rise of mm-hmm. Skywalker when Rey is trying to do the same thing mm-hmm. on on Pisana. Uh and Rex, of course, is trying to defend Ahsoka, but he's getting overwhelmed, and so Ahsoka is forced to let Maul escape uh, in order to help Rex. In, in order to help Rex, and they have to figure out Plan B or C or D or F to escape this crashing oh, ship. <laughs> hey uh speaking of that they uh ahsoka uses some pretty cool lightsaber techniques to cut a circle around uh her and rex where they're able to drop drop through the the hangar bay deck floor and uh they uh begin to go search for another another ship um and and another casualty of this whole thing was at that point the, the the clones are recognizing that those astromechs are helping them, and Jesse orders the clones to blast those dirty droids, no. which was yeah, poor little guys. Yeah, I know. Poor Cheap had his hands up too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so speaking of Plan Y, 
Uh, Rex and Ahsoka do manage to find their way to a Y-Wing prototype, and uh, Ahsoka uh, pushes, uh, force pushes Rex onto, and he's able to to jump into the cockpit and start to to fire it up. And this, the these scenes were just going super super mm-hmm. quickly because the 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 Republic ship is is breaking into the atmosphere. It's breaking apart. We see you know a bunch of those kind of scenes. You know, meanwhile, Ahsoka's still deflecting uh, laser shots from from the clones and Rex is working on getting the Y-Wing operational. And we have this this scene where uh, he does get the Y-Wing operational and the, the, the ship is falling and Ahsoka is trying to get into that secondary cockpit <coughs> and is kind of... <laughs> doing some fancy acrobatics as she's you know jumping on debris and and trying to to get get to the cockpit i love how it goes back to that scene uh when they're first arriving at mandalore and she's you know and it, she's like i don't need a jetpack <laughs> she just yeah. like yeah. drops out of the ship yeah. and then starts i'll beat you to the ground and he's like okay sure <laughs> and uh and so you see that yeah it's like yes <laughs> kind of comes full circle right. um you know that that kind of skill was not unwarranted mm-hmm. So, of course, we we all knew that this was going to happen, but she manages to to finally get a hold of the cockpit and uh, get into the cockpit and they escape uh, in time. At which point we come to kind of the the real somber ending of the the Clone Wars of the series and of these episodes. Um, But we see something really, really uh, heartwarming too that Rex and Ahsoka do land on the moon and they they bury all the dead clones mm-hmm. um again seeing the humanity in them to the end and and respecting respecting that um ahsoka then uh makes it look like she died in the crash too and she fakes her own death by leaving her lightsaber behind so in that cloak um it was gray she mm-hmm. she looks like an owl like mm-hmm. the the outline of her leku with the the hood of the cloak right it really um <clears throat> kind of foreshadows what's coming next yeah which was super fascinating yeah. uh we we have a time jump and darth vader um arrives on the moon uh he approaches the the crash ship and picks up ahsoka's lightsaber and ignites it and that's where then we see this this bird flying over him uh which is uh Morai, who uh, is, is kind of a an owl creature who has very specific ties to uh, the mystical daughter from the the Mortis clo- uh, the Mortis arc mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars, um, and also very specific ties. Once in that arc, uh, the daughter gave her life to save Ahsoka's. Um, this owl Morai has has been following Ahsoka in pivotal moments in her journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Morai shows up in in Star Wars Rebels. Um, I rewatched uh, A World Between Worlds today, mm-hmm. uh, which was really fascinating now that I've kind of seen some of those things uh, put together. Um, one of the other uh, online articles uh, with an interview with Dave Filoni, uh, he had pointed out that he said that owls symbolize both death and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so cool how it was played here. Ahsoka's quote unquote death, but but also, you know, her wisdom in, in doing that and And in that same interview, he um he said that he uses owls as a foreshadowing device to tell the audience to really pay attention to a particular moment. Mm-hmm. 
So which <laughs> yes, I remembered that I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, got to really like dissect this and think about all the different meanings and oh and yeah, symbolism and yeah. Well, I'd like to point out something that a lot of people will just kind of gloss over here. This is the as far as I know, and I, I've watched a lot of Star Wars, so I, I'm thinking I'm, <laughs> I think I'm I'm thinking I'm right here. This is the only time we see Vader with a blue lightsaber. Yeah, huh. I think you're right about that. Mm. <laughs> and so, you know, because Vader's always red lightsaber. And, yeah. and this is yeah. and, and it was it was an interesting choice because Ahsoka's lightsabers were not blue, but they, yeah. you know, he very purposely gave her blue lightsabers to make them better. Mm. And but yeah. here yeah. we see Vader with a blue lightsaber. Uh, and so like this whole scene is just like from the moment he arrives on the moon, the whole scene mm. is just laden with very wow. artistic imagery. And so he's standing there over the graves of these clones and he ignites the lightsaber and it's Vader with a blue lightsaber, which is just very jarring in and of itself. But then it kind of sets the tone for the rest of that scene, like what could have been. And, yeah, you know, well, and also Morai, the daughter gave her life to save Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about Morai is circling above representing the daughter, then you have vader slash anakin somewhere deep down in there with a blue lightsaber that was his color mm -hmm. at one point and eventually he will then give his life to save his son mm -hmm. the father saves the son it's ah. almost like the daughter the father and the son <laughs> <laughs> symbolism like all in one i don't know that yeah. that might be looking way too deep but who knows? I wouldn't put it past Dave Filoni. Well, and, and Anakin was supposed to be uh, the, the father in that arc. He was he was invited to take his place to keep mm -hmm. the balance. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So uh, very likely we are exactly doing that, foreshadowing what what he eventually does mm -hmm. by by sacrificing his own life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what we see, too. Like, it, it's not only, you know, Ahsoka faking her death and him finding the lightsaber and it's like, oh, him assuming that she's dead. I think a part of him's like also saying, well, if she is still out there, I think a part of him's saying, I hope he, I hope I don't find her. You know, mm -hmm. I think there is that mm -hmm. little hope. I mean, obviously, obviously there is a, you know, we see the glimmers of, of Anakin still deep down there with the, those moments of silence and those pauses and him igniting the lightsaber. So I think, uh, I think that's something that probably went through his head. Um, mm -hmm that deep dark mind of his or to take it a different way uh someone else online was was pointing out that that this could uh very likely be where anakin like f uh i guess he doesn't quite truly die because um he is redeemed in return of the jedi but they they pointed out that it was like on mustafar where physically anakin mm -hmm. skywalker was killed yeah um and became darth vader but they they said they suggested that it was right at this moment that he emotionally mm -hmm. was destroyed mm -hmm. and kind of left that all behind yeah i mean i'm thinking also back to that rebels moment with the shattered helmet where mm -hmm. you see mm -hmm. like a little bit of his face and then he kind of pauses when uh soka says anakin i don't know um i guess deep down anakin's always always there as we know but mm -hmm. you know guys i think it's really crazy i <laughs> I never interpreted that scene as her faking her death. And now that you guys are saying oh. that, I'm like, oh, okay. Because I, I'm right I there with you. It. I mean, I, I, I got there. I got there eventually. But yeah, watching in real time, I did not interpret it as as her faking her death. I just interpreted it as like her just being, you know, 
just tired of everything and, and yeah. not knowing, you know, what to do next. Um, no, but I'm, I'm right there with you. I did not, uh, that's not how I read it the first time. Yeah. I didn't read it as her faking her death. I read it as her, uh, finally giving up the Jedi that, mm-hmm. that dropping the lightsaber was her saying no more. I'm, mm-hmm. I am beyond this. I am not, that I am not going to participate in this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think ultimately that she could have been faking her death because I mean, who else would have buried all of the, um, all of the clones. And so mm-hmm. there's, because it's a, it's a barren moon, assumedly, and so she mm. she went through and made the, specifically made the purpose of burying all the clones. So that that said something, and I, th- I I really do think that she was conveying a message. I think that at that point she knew that this would be found. Obviously, they would come and investigate this, and so mm. she was making a a statement very clearly at that point. But I would say even with her, she still doesn't know what Anakin has become. So mm-hmm. for her, this is a breadcrumb to try and get him to find her so that she can reconnect with him if he's still alive after all of this. Um, so I, I think that she doesn't even know at that point because you, you see it in Rebels when she meets him again. She doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, she She's still stunned that that's what mm-hmm. he's become. So, yeah, I wouldn't say uh, I, I didn't interpret it as her saying I, I give up the Jedi but I, I saw it as, like I said at the beginning of our discussion of this episode, that it was like a death to her past almost. Mm. Um, because, yeah, like what, what we know of Ahsoka in the future canon or in the timeline is that she's still with the Force. She's still mm-hmm. practicing what she knows. But um, she, I think at one point, I guess, well, obviously she doesn't have lightsabers, right? So... Um, so it's almost like a, a fresh start mm-hmm. for her. Like she's just, um, going to come clean and she's going to start off fresh, um, from what she knows about the force. Yeah. And just buried all these people that she fought alongside with. <laughs> and then in a blink of an eye, they all turned on her. I mean, that has to carry some weight. That's one of the great things about Clone Wars that the prequels don't touch on. It's mm-hmm. like you never see Obi Wan grieving over. Wow, these were my friends. I fought alongside them. There, there there's not really any scenes in the prequels that that kind of touch upon. Wow, just the weight of having your a lot of these people who are considered family, you know, mm-hmm. to you, and all of a sudden turning on you, and 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 wiping out the whole kind. I think that's that's obviously a big part of what big reason why she uh, just threw that lightsaber down. You know, I I, I need to. Like you said, just have a fresh start and just reevaluate what what's next. If I can't trust, obviously it's not their fault. There were there was a chip and all that, but if if she knows there's something out there that's capable of devising a plan on this scale that can just totally throw your world upside down, then she has to rethink everything um, mm-hmm. going forward. And I'll throw in my two cents worth. I think I interpreted it as uh, as her faking her own death, and I might be a bit biased, um, and I'm. And for some reason, I'm connecting it with um, I read the the novel Ahsoka mm-hmm. uh, by E.K. E. Johnston. And uh, but it's been it's been a few years since I read it. But but I think one of the things that in, in that book, and in, in fact, I think this this episode sort of retcons some of the things that Ahsoka talks about in that novel and on the end of the Clone Wars. But I but I thought I remembered at some point her talking about um, burying her lightsabers. Um, and I think as a way of of trying to prevent 
any any of, of Sidious's inquisitors or anything from hunting her down. Mm-hmm. So I think I had that in my mind when I was seeing this because I knew at some point she buried her lightsabers and that was the closest that I that we got to it. So I think there's probably an element of truth in in every right. everything that we've been we've been talking about. Right. So. It was such a deep episode. There was so much going <laughs> yeah. on, you know. <laughs> well, and then just to to conclude the 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 recap, the the final scene is just it's it's a final view of of the Ahsoka painted helmet mm. kind of partially covered in snow, and that's 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 the end of of the Clone Wars with the reflection so, of Vader, Vader. Vader in yep. the visor, <laughs> yeah, walking yeah. away. And and honestly, I'm I'm going to say this because I, I I've touched on it before, but I really do hope that this is the absolute last scene that we have of Anakin Vader. Um, I know that there's room for him to appear in other things, and but I really do hope that this is this is the kind of frame that we get to end his tale, because it really does. It's right in the center of everything, and it perfectly encapsulates the character that he is that he was and that he will be all in one moment and it's just so well done that it's kind of like uh don't ruin it by like keep don't keep poking it you know it's good it's done we're good that's that's (laughs) it right there that's fantastic leave it alone (laughs) i totally yeah i totally agree because we've seen his redemption obviously in return of the jedi and we we've seen like his his true power at the end of rogue one and we, we've seen in the prequels and in Clone Wars how Anakin has transformed to Darth. And again, how powerful he is uh, in, in Rebels, too. Uh, I think you're right. This is the capstone. What, what else could we cover about Darth Vader? You know, like mm-hmm. this is we know everything there is mm-hmm. to know about him at this point. So can I share some of Mike's words about this? Scene. Either you were, or I was going oh, okay. to. Okay, go ahead, Father. So, go ahead. Okay, so yeah, I compiled. Mike Creevy had uh, a, a few thoughts to share. He uh, couldn't be with us, but I uh, gathered them up. So, uh, point number one that he makes is he he said he said he couldn't help but laugh a bit at how pivotal the Y wing prototype turned out to be. <laughs> he said that ship gets a bad rap. <laughs> he also said, uh, "I love Kiner's score in these episodes." Uh, the music very Star Warsy, with while expanding uh, quite a bit into a sort of soundscape environmental feel. He said, "I uh, he said it felt like Hans Zimmer's plus Vangelis plus M83's Oblivion soundtrack to me in places." He then went on to say that the raw emotion they communicated through animated characters is truly astounding, especially the relationship between Rex and Ahsoka. This is Star Wars at its absolutely phenomenal best. <laughs> High praise. Lastly, he says, I agree with everything Thomas has said about the concluding scene with Vader. It's art, plain and simple. The specific final shot of his reflection slowly disappearing from view off the clone's helmet says so much. The totality of the drama of this whole war is summed up there. In the eyes of the Emperor... They were never more than pawns to be ultimately discarded in his greater effort to create Vader. And as that new creation simply walks away with no remorse from the helmet, which symbolizes so much, the deed is finally done in a sense and the ends totally justified Palpatine's means. The poetry of Star Wars. (laughs) It's awesome. When it's done well, it's done. It's great. It's a great story. And that's I, I think that's what's amazing about it is that it, it tells very, very deep. You, you can make very deep connections with characters in I, if if we're all honest with each other, it's a completely goofy, like ridiculous, like the, the, the vision of Ahsoka sitting there like 
you know, making a making a gritting face while she's holding a, a ship down <laughs> with her mind. You know, it's 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 ridiculous. But then at the same, but it's so it's placed so well inside of everything we know about how the force works and who these characters are and where they've come from and where they are and where they're going that it it, it it's impactful it makes you feel something for them well and these are just in a sense um modern mythology exactly i think right i think they were talking about that in one of the mandalorian uh docuseries episodes uh you know and that's what draws us to him so much is is sure we love the characters but but ultimately we're we're reflecting ourselves in these characters and we're seeing how they deal with morality and the world around them and 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 we can can learn about ourselves by by you know watching and and getting invested in in these kind of stories um any final thoughts from you guys regarding the finale of the clone wars I can't believe it. I, I did see on, on Twitter that one of the crew members um, was tweeting in response to the fan reaction that, um, uh, like, as long as, as long as you like the audience loves them, we'll keep making them or something like that. And, mm. and people freaked out, <laughs> like, what is there? Is there going to be more Clone Wars? <laughs> but... You can't do more Clone Wars. No. <laughs> I don't go uh, go do something else though, but like yeah. pour this much love if, into something else, you know. Yeah. I don't know if he meant Clone Wars specifically. He could just be talking about Star Wars animation, yeah. Star Wars in general. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was kind of a, an interesting little tease that he he put out <laughs> yeah. into the universe. Well, I know I know they must already know what they're moving on to, right? Like they yeah. know, like they've yeah. been hired on for the X and X thing and they've already got the set designs and stuff like that. But, uh, which I, I would not, I do not even them that job, like of, of like sitting on it, you know, like watching the fans react and go, Oh man, you guys just don't know what's coming next. <laughs> so, you know? uh, so I don't envy them that, but I, I'm, I'm sure that they've got this, this crew of people, uh, working on the next big thing already, because how can you not, it's such a phenomenal end. I'm super excited for the next big thing, which may or may not include animation, but the High Republic, mm -hmm. I think, is the next big thing that's coming our way. But that's strictly novels and comics and young young reader type books. Um, for now. For now. Yep. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, the other random things that I wanted to throw out there was just before we started recording, I looked up the rankings of these episodes on IMDb. So these are uh, rankings of any TV episode ever created, um, and they're voted on, and they have to have, I think, at least uh, a thousand votes to be on this list. Um, and granted, these episodes got about 5,000 votes each, and some of these episodes have 50,000 or more votes. But regardless of that, Victory and Death, the finale, is ranked fourth best TV episode ever on IMDb. Shattered is ranked fifth, fifth best, and The Phantom Apprentice is ranked sixth. So pretty pretty job well done yeah It'll, it, i mean obviously those will go down because imdb ratings yeah. are infamous like they have the worst <laughs> system because like i think at one point i think when one of the avengers not endgame but i think it was maybe age of ultron or or something like that like when that movie came out all of a sudden it popped up as in the top 10 it's like okay it was a good movie but like Come on. And yeah. then naturally it'll go down. Give it some time. Yeah, so it just gives it some time. But yeah, for the time being, it's good that it's getting this exposure. Well, and the Phantom Apprentice being still ranked um, in uh, rank sixth, you know, right. and this is two weeks after we recorded last last time. And um, I forget where it was then, but I think it was in the top 10 last mm -hmm. last time we recorded. So, you know, <laughs> it could stay there. So 
Okay, well, then we will wrap up. So, of course, uh, listeners, uh, what did you guys think of the finale arc of The Clone Wars? And definitely please let us know uh, what you thought um, by commenting on our Facebook page or tweeting at us. Uh, you can email us any feedback at starwars.sqpn.com. And, of course, you can find StarQuest on Facebook at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and on Twitter at sqpn. And as always, we would like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We couldn't do it without your support. Um, this week, we are uh, thankful for Ruth K., Joseph F., Mark P., Pauline H., and Michael K. Their generous donations at sqpn.com give absolutely make it possible for us to continue the secrets of star wars and all the shows that we make here at StarQuest. and if you would like to join them you can do so by visiting sqpn.com give also of course be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player whether that's apple Podcasts, google play stitcher TuneIn, spotify iHeartRadio. radio uh, you can also listen on the uh, amazon alexa so uh, I discovered that yeah. a, a couple weeks ago. So um, you can also, of course, find us on the YouTube um, through the, the SQPN YouTube channel. And just be sure to click the bell to get notifications on new episodes. And you can find all of our previous episodes at sqpn.com slash Star Wars. So now going forward, we will be back in two weeks and we are choosing to follow Ahsoka, Rex, and Maul as they appear in Star Wars Rebels. So first up, we will be looking at the first two episodes of the second season of Star Wars Rebels. So definitely be sure to uh, make it through those episodes before listening to us uh, next time. So until then, Andrew Hermes, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Angela Cialana, thanks, of course, for joining us this evening. Thank you. And Thomas Sanderho, thanks for joining us. It was a pleasure. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. Quest.